Tony, we are recording, sir. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Learn Lead Podcast. It is Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. We don't expect you to listen on Thanksgiving. If you are listening, you're an absolute real one. But regardless, happy Thanksgiving. Landon, how are you, man? I am doing good. I'm doing good. It's starting to feel like November finally. Yeah, yeah, the cold's coming back in. It's the this weather's a little bipolar, but I'm not I'm not upset about the warm weather. I can't I can't say no to it. We got Mr. Travis Huff for them today. Absolutely. We wanted to start off the the interviews, the series of interviews that we have with a really high energy dude, Travis Huff. What a great way to kick this off. Like we said, we have 30 interviews ready to go. They're ready to be released, so we're strategically re- releasing them out to make sure that we give you guys the absolute best value possible. And you guys will come to learn how amazing of a person Travis is. He's the CEO of Real Time Outsource, which is a social media management firm. I know we have a lot of those people on here, but everyone's a bit different in the way that they go about things. So I really hope you guys appreciate all of their perspectives. He also hosts his own podcast called The Be Real Show. Uh, worked for Disney and ABC. We talk about some uh, some things about TikTok and his podcast. I mean, the guy got Tesla at $5 a share, which is baffling alone, which is pretty crazy. We we kind of went into his his investment strategy. And then my favorite, selfishly, we talk about the rise of the sports card market. He's a sports card investor, and so am I. And I thought that was a really cool concept to talk about. The energy he brought was, was solid, too. And, you know, everybody will we'll get a feel for that probably in the first 10 seconds of the interview. <laughs> yeah, guy is super high energy, and we're really excited to have connected with him. And, you know, uh, besides that, I want you guys to enjoy the interview. We're going to keep this super concise. Most of the times, we're going to just be really brief in the beginning. And and most episodes, we're going to have an outro, so stay tuned to hear our recap of the episode. But in the interest of time, we don't want to do that for this particular episode. With that being said, we'll shut up. What we do ask from you guys, though, is we could obviously run ads on this podcast and we can make money from this podcast, but we don't want to do that in the interest of you people listening to this. And I don't want you to have to sit through a 30, 30 second to a minute ad. You know, that doesn't that doesn't fulfill me whatsoever. So the only thing I ask is that you pay the price of if you get value at all, if you extract the tiniest bit of value from any of our episodes, just tell a friend, please like subscribe, share it on social, tag us. We're very interactive. We just want to create a community. So that's all we ask. 100% man, we get hit up by companies. Just in the last month, uh, we've gotten hit up by at least 30 to 35 people that want to do affiliated marketing and I don't know if any of you guys listen to some of the bigger podcasts out there, it's, you know, the first five minutes is them just reading these theatrical ads. Uh, we're not, we don't want to do that. Uh, we don't really have any interest in that. So our goal is just to kind of grow this thing organically and, and word of mouth. So like Tony said, if you find value in it, it's not hard to hit that little up arrow and, and send a link to somebody or send whatever to somebody. Uh, you're not, we understand that you're not going to like every episode or maybe you do, I don't know, but we're, we understand that not every episode is going to ring true, but anything that does and that you find value from, please feel free to share. Couldn't have said it better myself. With that being said, Travis Huff, everyone. Right, we got Mr. Travis Huff here with us. He's the CEO of Real Time Outsource, a social media management firm, the host of the Be Real Show, which is a podcast in the marketing and entrepreneurship space. Over 200 episodes, absolutely crushing it, among a bunch of other things. Travis, how we doing, man? What's good? What's good, brothers? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, 
like I say every day, man, in my world every day is Friday, especially in this crazy world of 2020. Uh, we're doing good, man. We're, we're hanging in here, brother. Dude, I am loving the enthusiasm you're bringing. Just, <laughs> it's, it's sparking my day up. Let's go, Let's man. Let's go. Let's hop into this thing. Talk to me about your, your early life. I see you worked for Disney, ABC. Give us some early life stuff growing up and where it got you to where you are today. 100. Yeah. So I always kind of was an entrepreneur. I had, you know, everything you hear of lemonade stand, paper boy, worked at a car wash, did all the kind of grind businesses and sales. Uh, and then at some point in college, I got the blessing and opportunity right out of college to work for the Walt Disney Company at the ABC television brand, selling TV advertising to local uh, clients and all as well as working with some nationwide brands like McDonald's, uh, Mervin's, which was a brand at the time. I know it's uh, MIA, obviously 10 years ago, but uh, big brands and small and uh, helping them out with broadcast television and digital uh, and then literally I was, uh, after working there for four and a half years, um, in the fall of 2008, it was right before the, the obviously uncoming, un- uncoming recession that was going to be happening. Uh, I was talking with a buddy at a Starbucks and, and he said, Hey man, you know, people are going to need their Facebook pages managed. And I was like, dude, he's like, I'm not doing it. And I said, you're right. And I started putting together some ideas on a simple PowerPoint uh, started kind of just nurturing uh, some of the leads I already had and contacts and talking to them about what I was thinking about doing. And um, then in June, folks, of 2009, I started Real-Time Outsource. And we literally got our first check that that month, got our first bank account. And we haven't looked back, man. We've been just grinding ever since um, and working hard, man. Social media is a, is a grind business. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I appreciate you sharing that. Is When did you realize that TV advertising was kind of going away? Hmm. Well, I could start to see even when I first started there in 2005, um, as that, you know, you didn't have digital obviously hitting then you didn't have Netflix or Hulu or any of these platforms, but you started to see people watching more and more content on online. Um, and then also I would always have the conflicting issue of never knowing exactly how many people were watching my TV ads. Um, and so TV still works truly guys still works. It really does. It's just, it's very expensive. So Television really still works, but it doesn't have the targeting and efficiency that obviously now we know in digital and social. And so I kind of just was had that gut feeling that there has got to be something coming soon. And I remember maybe halfway through my my ride there, 2007, 2008, we started launching content on ABC.com. And then that's when, folks, I could actually tell my customers how many people actually saw their ad, how many people actually clicked that ad, went to their website, and then obviously, I really realized, hey, digital actually shows me the analytics. And that was what I really loved. Um, and that was kind of the reason why I wanted to get into this business after researching, after that conversation with my friend was, hey, this is a business that I can actually show people how many people saw these ads and how many people saw their Facebook posts possibly. And, um, and, and some of it wasn't happening at that time. We didn't have the analytics behind Facebook pages, but I figured that was coming soon over the time. And I, I was just like, Hey, this is just great. So it was kind of that efficient, inefficiency, Antonio of not seeing completely the transparency of who's seen this. And then also it lim- eliminates so many people that can't afford $10,000 a month, you know? And so, uh, the, I just like, Hey, this is, this is going to be the future. And I just was like, Hey, let's go baby. Um, and I kind of took the plunge, man. It was, it was definitely a plunge. So looking back to where you started, where are you guys today? 
Absolutely. Well, we've uh, we've evolved a lot. You know, um, uh, Landon, we work with a lot with advertising agencies um, and p- uh, public relation firms, digital marketing companies, and actually even other social media management companies. So how we've really evolved, um, guys, over the year, uh, years, 11 years now, has been literally that we don't have our own sales team. We really work with our partners. They bring the leads to us. We obviously do have our own websites and we got our B-Row show and we got social media. Uh, and still some leads come directly from our own inbound traffic of our own website and stuff. But our, our real true bread and butter is that we have agencies spread out throughout the United States that bring us leads and we do the work and then they mark us up and uh, essentially it's a win-win relationship. And so that's been the evolution. we got 27 team members on our team. We work with a lot of other contractors and companies, um, constantly working with new customers. Landon Antonio, we've gotten hit hard this year by the Rona, uh, guys, because certain customers and categories of business that are completely closed, completely. Water parks, shut. Some of our biggest customers, shut. Can't do anything about it. The only thing we figured out we could do is just give back our services to them, hoping that in 2021 and the future, they become back, you know, with us, you know, so taking some hits there and the here and there too, you know, uh, it's definitely not been an easy year as it, as many people know, and I don't think it's going to get any easier, but, uh, I'll tell you, we're still, we're still growing surprisingly, you know, amongst, uh, amongst categories of business close. I was talking to somebody the other day and he runs and owns a, a private security company and he's faced a lot of this, uh, similar challenges and his whole mentality is, you know, what I'm going to continue to do is continue to, you know, put my name out there, you know, slide my business card across the desk, so to speak, you know, and, and when 2021 rolls around, he'll, he'll be waiting and everybody will be needing his services. It sounds like a very similar mentality. But what I wanted to ask you too is, you know, we see these media management agencies popping up left and right. And you, you did kind of illustrate up to this point, what differentiates you from everybody else, but what's the competition out there like for you guys? And, and uh, you know, what's that, what's that been like throughout the last 10 years or so? Dude, there's so many different people that sell social media. It's insane. Newspaper companies, uh, television, radio companies selling social media, now, uh, obviously, obviously, many different social media and digital marketing firms that have evolved in the last 11 years. So competition's on the rise. No one company can handle all the businesses that need social media services. So I'm not really worried too much about the competition. Obviously, you want to keep an eye on what they're doing and stuff. Uh, got people as low as $99 to do your social media. Um, if you look at the campaigns they do, it's worth about $2. Um, uh, so I could do it for $5 if you want to do uh, $99 social media. Uh, but we constantly comp- combat with people trying to go too low. We have to let them know what, 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 what it's going to really take to move a campaign. Um, and right now, I really think more than ever, folks, it's the combination of social media, email marketing, and reputation. So you, you really combine the fact of having a good, strong social media presence, having your own email marketing, uh, direct communication to your consumer, and then also having some sort of way or communication of or process of getting positive reviews when you do have visits into your location, whether that's a doctor that has hundreds of visits per week or a, an automotive uh, you know, repair shop or a mortgage company or whatever, people are servicing you and you need to capture a positive review show that off on your website, show that off on your social media so that the next person, like you said, Landon, in 2021, when, they, when they're ready to get back out there and we have the, the, the security or, or you know, people feel more comfortable or whatever, you're ready, you know, and you've got those positive reviews to back that up, you know? And um, so, I mean, yeah, the competition's stiff. The, the benefit we still have, guys, is most people don't even know that we're working for their customer. So 
most people were competing. The, the agencies are always competing against each other. So, but most people, we are coming in the back of that agency. And so we're not really competing with them, um, uh, you know, for the customer. They're just bringing us new opportunities, basically. You know, a guy brought us like four opportunities this morning in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not competing with him. I mean, you know, if there's probably some, there's probably a social media company in Georgia. So he, he and that guy are competing, but I'm coming in on the back end and hopefully giving him the price that, well, you know, he can mark it up, uh, hopefully 100%, 50 to 100%. And we do all the work. Um, so that's the beauty. That's a kind of our secret sauce and that we don't have to have a huge sales staff. Um, a lot of businesses in my industry and in sales and software spend a lot of money in sales, salespeople. Um, and not, not that there's anything wrong with them. I, I'm a sales guy. I, I believe in sales, but the, there's a lot of inefficiency, especially in my business. And then also we found that just with this backend approach, we're not competing with anybody. You know, we work with like 15 of the agencies in Fresno. They're all competing against each other. Now we could lose a customer. I'll tell you that, Landon Antonio. That is the downside is that when you don't have a direct relationship with your customer, you could possibly lose them, right? So because we work with an intermediary, um, we, for instance, I'm working with Landon. Antonio doesn't even know me. You know, he just constantly looks at Landon. Landon's got a social media team. We're handling it. You know, Landon loses the account. I'm gone. Right. So, but that's a beauty. And that's actually why they like working with us because there's a no risk situation. They don't have to worry about firing a bunch of people if they lose a social media account. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I, I was going to say, I mean, maybe a, a small word of advice, use your personality as leverage to let's to go. Gain, I mean, like that's what I would be buying rather than just, you know, there's a bunch of people that could manage our social media pages, but the relationship with a guy like you and the trust that could be built in such a small amount of time with the energy that you have behind me, I'd be like, okay, this guy is going to fucking grow. Excuse my language. This guy's going to grow my, whatever I'm doing exponentially because I believe in him. So now I want to transition a little bit to, uh, you know, I, I know you said you hone in on Facebook. I'm assuming that ties in with Instagram as well. Are there any other platforms that you really specialize in? So we do them all. I mean, Snapchats and, and, and some of those are really hard to do in-house because you kind of got to be in-house. So we give a lot of strategies on TikTok and strategies on Snapchat for the customers as they want to do those platforms. Um, most of the platforms that we primarily focus on are the Facebook and also the Instagram and Twitter, Pinterest, uh, House. We do probably a, a variety of the majority of the popular ones. I would say right now, obviously, still today, Facebook is the dominant force because they own Instagram. The ads work together. Uh, Instagram is very, very popular, but it's becoming harder and harder to build a, a flat scratch organic audience because uh, they're monetizing, as you guys know. I mean, I have customers that had a million followers that are getting a tenth of the engagement they got one year ago, you know, um, on Instagram, for instance, you know, because they're monetizing, they're making money. Just same thing that happened, guys, when Facebook started monetizing, when I started the business uh, 2009, maybe 2011, 2012, so a couple years into it monetizing, everyone's page organic reach goes down. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things, you know, at the end of the day, the beauty of this business too, is that it's an ever evolving thing. Never, never stagnant. There's never a stagnant day, you know? Um, But still today, I would say Facebook, Instagram, obviously those are the two dominant forces. Many people are getting into TikTok, et cetera. That, that kind of distracts people. If you're in business, you got to be on LinkedIn, you know, YouTube, if you're releasing content, there's many places to create podcasts, but the beauty still is, is Facebook still the winning platform, man? I mean, I get, I got four requests this morning, all Facebook pages. So, I mean, it's, it's not that the other ones aren't awesome, but Facebook is still the dominant player in a local marketplace. 
Uh, would you kind of consider Facebook as like, obviously the real estate for that advertising is more expensive, but would you equate it towards like buying real estate in New York, you know, bigger price, but better return as opposed to like TikTok more organic, but you know, it's maybe buying multifamily in a section eight housing kind of thing. Yes. I, I mean, I think if you're going on TikTok to create content, specifically, if you're trying to create, you're doing it with a different, maybe passion or motivation than you're doing it on Facebook. Um, because it's a little bit different type of platform. Obviously, it's a little bit more fun, a little bit less of a serious or a little bit less of a, even though Facebook is shit, we have so many different funny meme pages. It's insane. But the thing about Facebook, unlike, unlike any of the other platforms is they have the share button. So Instagram doesn't have this and many of the other platforms do not have the share button. Obviously you got the retweet button, but the share button has, it's insane. When people want to share things, you'll get 500 shares on a piece of content. And that post goes viral organically from the beauty of the share button. I keep telling people about this. Now, Instagram, you can tag people and do this and that, but that's what we've seen dominance. I mean, people share a, a job post a hundred times, a job post. You know, it's like it, dude, there's insane amount of ability to share on Facebook that, that you don't have. So the other platforms, I think you just kind of have to think about how much time do I have? Do I want to dabble? Absolutely. TikTok has a ton of organic reach. It's a fun platform to learn. So go learn it, uh, engage with it. But then maybe the expectation you have on it is a little less because you're, you're getting started. You know, you don't know. You don't can't get going. Right. A lot of times you hear, hey, I'm going to create some TikToks and we're going to get go viral and this. And that. I'm like, dude, I'm going with that, you know, as the goal, uh, going with learning it, learn it, learn about the platform first. Right. Big, big picture question for you here. What what do you think the next channel is going to be? What do you what do you think that next you know whether it's a hybrid Facebook TikTok what 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 do you think that next channel will be I guess I guess if you did know that off the top you probably wouldn't be talking to us right now but what what would you what would you think that'd be Well something that protects your data obviously we know that's very very important I have obviously interesting interesting. oh yeah no one wants their data to be sold I mean but it does (laughs) it does get sold for sure anything that is free guys (laughs) means you're giving them your data. So anything you're doing for free, TikTok, anything, it's, it's, you've given them access to your photos. You've given them access to your data of your life, um, Google, everything. So the, the, the thing I could see them putting a paywall is Facebook. Why not put a paywall? Hey, you want no ads? You want no us never tracking your data? We're going to charge you like I do on YouTube Red, uh, where I'd never seen an ad on YouTube for 10 bucks a month. It's the best 10 bucks I ever spent. I watch more YouTube videos than ever because I never see ads ever. I never see ads ever, ever. My wife never sees ads ever, ever, ever. Why do you think we're huge YouTube consumers? Because we never see ads on the platform. Interesting. I think, I think, I think that it's, it would compromise their business model though. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like one of those things. If everyone signs up for the paywall, then they don't make as much money. So the next, the next big one I've heard, you know, there's, there's ones out there, steam, there's ones that have cotton kind of things, doing different things, the monetization and they, you know, different things, the crypto. And, but I think the one that protects your data, I think that's the one that's going to win. How do you think gaming is, is playing a role in all this stuff? Now, I I think we've seen the, the twitches of the world and, and some certain platforms in that space kind of start to emerge. How do you see that evolving? Yeah, I mean, I think fa- that was the hidden thing that Facebook got really huge with was their gaming. 
um, on the platform when I first started many years ago. I mean, that was what they were dominating. And obviously, as you see now, the gaming thing in industry in general is just unbelievable with the lives and these kids making money and, and, and just doing it, like I said, on Twitch and all these new platforms. Uh, the biggest thing I think that to, to understand is uh, it's all about how much time you want to spend. You know, if you want to start a Twitch account, I think you, you do it. Do it efficiently. Um, I definitely think Twitch is definitely obviously a huge competitor owned by Amazon, I believe. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a dominant force. I mean, I think Facebook needs to figure out something with it. I think they're trying to. Um, Facebook and, and any of the biggest behemoths in the industry are, will all copy each other. As you see, LinkedIn is, has released LinkedIn stories, right? Um, they're not afraid to copy each other. Um, whatever works, they'll copy and, you know, I, I could see, you know, any, anyone in, in any industry, they all have to kind of be, be weary because Amazon could possibly eat anyone's lunch. You know, they got <laughs> enough money. So true. They don't care about making profit. They could literally say, Hey, in 2021, we don't give a shit about profits and we're going to build the biggest social media platform that's going to protect your data. Fair. And we no, could just so be true. like, Good Oh point. shit. We're going to wrap it up into your Amazon Prime account because most of America has a Prime. And we're going to give you this as benefit. And part of this is going to give you uh, insurance at half the price. <laughs> wow. Why don't you do that? Why don't you go talk to Bezos about that? Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I, there's people already there, – there's there's inside information and in that people are – they're going these ways. The point is these things are already happening and the mo the most important thing, folks, is just to realize there's always going to be a distraction. There's always going to be a new platform, a new thing, Periscope, per Meerkat, blah, blah, blah. And you see it kind of come and go. And, uh, and some things stay. So if, uh, if a trend sticks like TikTok, learn it. You want to learn it. You don't have to dabble, but just learn. Well said. Well said. Now, I guess this. I want to transition a little bit to talk about your personal podcast, the, uh, the Be yeah. Real Show. Let's go. Let's talk about that. Fire me up. Tell me about Absolutely, how that man. started. What is it about? 200 episodes in, when did it start? What do you talk about? How do you market it? I want to know it all. 100, dude. So yeah, we start. I started it just as a, as a passion to be able to finally interview some people that I thought were interesting in the social media space. So it really started out first at that. About six years ago, March, actually over six years, six and a half years ago, um, I literally said, hey, man, people are going to probably want to interview. Uh, I listen here and I listen to people podcasting and things. I, I want to start my own podcast. Let's do the Be Real show. Well, I want to be real with these people. I want to hear what's working in social media, what's not working for them. And then over the years, it's evolved into bringing on some of my biggest heroes from the Tom Billies, Kai-Fu Lee's. Just brought up, we just talked about the people from Panini I just interviewed today and kind of has how my life has evolved in the interest I have. I just kind of go after these people and say, hey, I got a podcast. Are you interested? Let's go. And, and then also people book their guests. Obviously, as you guys know, there's a lot of podcast agencies and people that book guests uh, on their shows. Um, but really, it started, like I said, as a project that I thought, hey, no one's going to want to come to Fresno, California. Uh, a great chance for me to meet someone, make an impression on them, build some friendship. And I, honestly, out of everything, guys, I've learned the most. I mean, it's been my masterclass. So amongst the show growing and downloads and tons of guests and tons of cool perks and, you know, Panini's going to supposedly send me some boxes and I'm going to get to rip them up. The point is, let's go. Yeah, let's go, baby. Yeah. So, the, the, you know, the, the interest is it, it can, you know, you get a lot of cool things from it, but really I've learned. And so I think that anyone's that thinking about starting a podcast today, start it because it's not too late and then stay motivated by the fact that each guest is going to teach you something, you know, from every single guest I've had, 
young to old, they've all taught me a little something. And I got, and I, and what I do guys is I take a page full of notes. So I have a binder that has all my notes, like from the guy from Tracy from Panini. I got his whole kind of notes and story in my own bullet points to look back on. And so, like I said, a lot of people spend money on mentorships and different things. And I look at my show as a, as a big mentor class. Dude, I was literally just about to say it's free mentorship. That's, <laughs> that's so sick. We're on the transparently same. guys. People have come on my show that would never come and talk to me ever straight yep. up. Well, it's a win-win, you know, you learn something, you're growing your, your service and your, your show, and they're getting their word out too, while allowing you to, uh, to take a lot away from them. Absolutely. And the guest gets value, hopefully from some strategies and tactics and some motivation that gets them through their next hump. Exactly. It's a, it's a great world we live in. And now that we're fully virtual, you know, you got platforms like Zencaster that we use that is just amazing. You got Zoom. These things make it so easy to where you don't have to set these things up, fly someone out to come meet them. Of course, it's great to meet someone in person, but why not virtual? You, the meeting sticks, people are more incentivized to meet up and uh, everything works so perfect. So much more scalable. Yeah, so much more scalable. Everyone's figuring that out right now. Everybody. Absolutely. And I, I have a selfish question to ask. I wanted to piggyback just a little bit. Talk to me about your your episode with uh, Panini just real briefly. I'm a big baseball card guy, football card. Just pulled a Joe Burrow that we were talking about before. Let's That's go. Probably the best. A Joe Burrow mosaic orange refractor, one of the best <laughs> cards you can pull out of this nuts, line dude. this year. So that's uh, mosaics, uh, the first edition of football. They've never done a mosaic. So that's the very first mosaic edition they've ever done. Um, yeah, Panini. I, like I said, it's one of those things. I just, I wake up and I'm like, holy shit, I'm talking to Panini today. Uh, they, they really made a stride into this world in 2009. I didn't know this by exclusive partnership with the NBA. Okay. They were traditionally a soccer company, a soccer sticker company. They created an exclusive partnership with uh, uh, literally the NBA and they didn't have all the, the, the tooling and things. So they actually ended up buying Don Russ or the majority of it, all the equipment and stuff like that. And basically started making Don Russ Panini cards in the beginning. And then at some point in 2012, I think it was there or so around there, they started making the prism. And as you know, it's like a new technology essentially is what it is. Uh, that creates these very cool, uh, the things that you see with the burrow, these refractors and these colorful things that you just don't get in your traditional cards or never had at that up to that point, you know, in the upper decks, these old upper deck cards that were just, just kind of plain. Um, and dude, yeah, they're just in- incredible. I mean, so they're now, they have blockchain cards, they have Panini Direct, they can sell directly to you. But they've experienced some challenges this year because obviously they can't meet with all the players and they can't go to all the, the conferences and events because that's all shut down. But they've found that they've thrived in other areas. Um, and so they are at the helm, dude. I mean, it's an unbelievable company. If you guys are into sports cards, go check it out. I mean, it, it, they are the player in sports cards. Um, when I was a kid growing up, you'd have Upper Deck and Fleer and Donruss and all these different ones. And now it's literally just Panini. I mean, it, it, anything else, there's very little of. So yeah, you got Panini in that space and then Tops just runs the Tops and Bowman. Oh, yeah, 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 right. And the Panini's trying to get into baseball. They got the new baseball, but they can't put the logos and stuff on it. So the newest baseball Paninis, they say, might be even rarer because they don't have the logos and stuff on the players. It's kind of those unique unique things, you know, those unique things that people will look for, you know, after they once they do get a license. Right. Because they probably will. Right. Because they're they're the it player. 
then these ones, like I'm looking at this box, this optic or these, uh, these, these ones that were paninis are going to be possibly even more valuable. These, these players, because they didn't have the logos and teams. It's kind of weird. As you know, everything's kind of weird in the collectible industry, but oh, uh, yeah, it's such a weird market. Cause like you get, you get a base card, right. With no, any, uh, no, no special things, and it's a really great rookie. It could be worth a decent amount of money, but then you get the the special purple refractor. It literally all that matters is like the color of the card you get. If it's uh, if it's out of five hundred or one out of five or something like that, and that's what brings it up big time. And that's why these things are these are monster investments for some people. Some people, you got Gary V. Uh, flips. He makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Oh, yeah. sports cards. It's crazy. Because yeah, he he's got yeah. a big bankroll. You can just buy up whatever the hell you want. You know, if anyone that's listening, I always say go vintage first. Go after the people that are the oldest that have already established careers because they don't have to worry about an ACL injury. Go after even Pokemon because you ain't got to worry about things there either. Um, but then go after your favorite people. You know, go after your people mm-hmm. that are your favorite guys that you like to ch- that you like to follow. You know, there is risk to injury, but like anything, that's like that's like life. You know, there's risk to any any, any investment. Um, well, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because Tony and I work in the finance space, right. so we're always curious to ask our guests, like, what what are some investments that you that you enjoy outside of the card world, or you know, what are some things that you're doing with your money in oh, today's yeah, world and environment? Smartest thing I ever did, guys, was get money out of my business. So I started getting into stocks many years ago, even before when I started working at ABC. Learned you can lose money because I bought Got Chocks, which is a local retailer, and it went to zero. So you can learn to learn to lose, learn to lose, uh, and then literally just from there, just kind of started slowly plugging away. Really learning that the fact that I get money outside of my business and into some other businesses, that money works for me, and I don't have to actually work for it. So when I started buying, most of my first stocks was Tesla. You know, now at a, at a five dollar cost position. Uh, Nvidia at a seven dollar cost position, uh, and you know, Facebooks, Amazons, etc. Nvidia. Uh, uh, Netflix and all these, you know, the, the, the progressive companies, the zooms, you know, and I just kind of, just kind of continually buying new companies, usually around the IPO, um, or somewhere around there and, and then letting the companies just grow. And then when I needed profits, I'd take them, uh, 2015, I got into crypto. So it was a good time to get in crypto. Cause I was getting into bitcoins in the $200 range. Um, saw it, saw it go up a lot to 20,000 and now it's around 10, 11. So I'm into crypto. Uh, also into startup investments. So anyone out there can invest into Seed Invest or to you know uh, Republic.co where you can actually invest uh, into early stage equity. So I like doing some of that too. But then transparently, that's why when 2020 happened, uh, I was like, dude, I feel like I'm fully invested in the stock market. I feel like I'm, 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 uh, you know, we're continually grinding in our business, so we're just going to keep, you know, keep kind of the money focused there. Obviously, with this with this crazy year. And then I just started looking around, guys, and I was like, holy shit, I got all these, unfortunately, rest in peace, Kobe, man. And I, I just started looking at his cards, man. And I was like, dude, I got all these Kobe Bryant rookie cards. Oh, shit, I got oh, Kevin wow. Durant's rookie cards. Oh, shit, I got Shaq's rookie cards. Oh, shit. And they're all in, like, top loaders and gym. You know, they're pretty good condition. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to learn about the grading process. And so then I started basically, like, figuring out I got to send these things off to grading. Got to send them off to PSA, man. Got to get these things get these things graded. And, uh, and then that's where that whole hobby took me into investing a little bit too. Now, um, instead of putting any more, any more money in the stock market, I've been investing. I got the looking right now, Lamar Jackson, rookie card, Fernando Tatis, uh, been investing in the OGs, Randy Johnson, rookie cards, Kevin Durant, 
LeBron James, you know, Drew Brees, true uh, Tom Brady, just kind of the the OGs in the game. Uh, obviously, many others too. But but then also flipping some, you know, kind of like Gary V, man, making some money, dude, straight up. It's 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 unbelievable. I want to circle back for a second. I mean, that's that's insane to find a bunch of Kobe's getting into. Dude, I mean, it's a, oh my god! You're, but you're like, you found each one thousands like of dollars worth of cars. Yes. <laughs> oh, dude, yes. And I'm like, thank God I was a paper boy, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I just moved into my grandfather's house, actually, and apparently in the attic, there's some Michael Jordan rookies up there. I gotta go through, bro. I, I mean, I, I really hope they're even. They'll grade as a five. Okay. No one knows what the hell Three. we're talking about. Doesn't right even now, so. matter. It doesn't matter. They're speaking Spanish to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna, just know that if it's a one to a one to ten, if ten's the best, and, and if anything in between, you're going to be making some money. Yeah, for sure. I want to circle back for a second because I heard you got you said you had Tesla at five dollars and Nvidia it's at now, seven. It's now five dollars with the split. Yeah, it was a twenty dollar cost position that I got in on Tesla, um, and it uh, did a five to one split, so or a four to one split or whatever. It's around five dollar cost average now per share. Um, not sure what Tesla is today, but it's in the four or five. Uh, for anyone listening, you made. Uh, Almost like 200, 200 oh, times your money at this point. Yeah, right? pretty close. 150 <laughs> to 200x. Yeah, on that one. That's ridiculous, man. It's so. insane, <laughs> the- dude. Some of these ones have been insane, dude. In my dad's growth fund, we did all, we're doing all IPOs in it, and we're up 79% this year, year to date. Um, wow. Year, year to date, it was down at one point, and then the market rallied back. And that's full of the Zooms and the Fivers and the Chewies and the, the ones that have had, you know, 600 to 200% returns within this year. Um, and, and I'm some out losers, here investing some in losers. index ETFs. <laughs> well, the thing about investing in into index is there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it, but you'll never get the return. You'll never yeah, get the return. Yeah. You, 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 makes you, sense. There's nothing wrong with it, guys. It's one of the best things to do is invest into VT or invest into a something that's very safe, but you're never going to get that return. You're never going to get the Tesla return. Oh, right, right. I was wondering what you meant by you're never going to get the return. I was like, oh, second. yeah, no, oh, you're going to get a safe get return. The Tesla return, right. You're, right. you're going to get a very safe, you're going to get a very uh, uh, cognizant, very safe. And I have a lot of uh, ETFs in my in my Roth specifically. I have invested mm-hmm. some in some in that way because it's very safe. It's going to return, but you're never going to see that outsized return of NVIDIA going from, <laughs> right. you know, nine or seven or nine dollars to where it is now. You know, you're just never going to see that. Um, uh, and so that's kind of the blend. I think you blend it, dude. You blood. You, 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 I, I like the barbell strategy. You blend it with with some high high tech names. You know that that especially that are related to Antonio. The things that you believe in and buy. Yep. You're on Zoom. You're on Zencaster. You know whatever you're using. You're, you need those are the companies you're buying into. True. Yeah. No. So I'm reading this book, uh, One Up on Wall Street, right now, and he's. Basically, Peter Lynch, one of these big time fund managers, he uh, oh, basically yeah, talks that we as amateur investors have so much more leverage over these institutional guys because they're waiting for all the data to be put out, waiting for all the research to be done. And we're actually using products like like even pre-IPO or even while they're IPO. Like, think about it. You used to buy Dunkin' Donuts and just eat donuts. And the, the institutional investors knew shit about it until it was a $40 stock and people knew about it when it was a $3 stock. You know, so buy the stuff that you use. And, you know, you could hit some really big home runs with that stuff. I try to tell my dad that because he's a Warren Buffett value investor, which I'm right along with. I listen to him every day on our walks when we go on our walks. Uh, you know, I walk with him a few days a week. I listen to him. I've been listening to him for 20 years. But I was telling him that, hey, Bitcoin's going to be $1,000 one day. And he didn't believe me. It's 20000 at one point. I told him, hey, Tesla's going to be uh, more than you think, dad. Trust me. It's a consumer trend. Look around. There's more Teslas on the road. This is going to be more than 20 bucks. You know, it's more than 20 bucks, you know? And so the point is consumer trends 
is how I invest. I'm a marketer. I went to marketing school. I was a business marketer. Uh, so in marketing, you actually study a lot more research and statistics and trends and, and more than advertising and all the fun stuff you think at the very end of a marketing campaign. You're actually mm-hmm. studying all the trends and you're conducting market research and doing that kind of stuff first. So my biggest study in, in, in anything in, with investing is what are people doing? What are people using? What are you using? Okay. It's not even IPO and you're, you buying this company when it IPOs, you got to buy it, you know? And nowadays folks, you can buy slivers of a company. So you should be buying a hundred bucks of Amazon shares every month. So I want to transition here too. What, what, what does the future hold for Travis Huff? What Let's are your go. plans down the road, baby? Well, I got a kid on the way. I got a 19 month old girl right now. So wow, congratulations. I got a lot of work coming for me. Uh, as a pop entrepreneur, I embrace uh, taking care of my family on um, the days my wife hustles. She's a psychologist. So she's got a profession and an acumen and a career and makes good money. And we like that she enjoys working. And so uh, we let her hustle the, the days that she has to hustle. And I just evolve my life around it. So today we'll be involved with my daughter waking up here pretty soon. And uh, spending a little more quality time with her like I did this morning. Um, As my life evolves, I'm definitely going to go all in on being a dad. One thing my dad was not able to do was do that because he sacrificed that time for his business, um, which has paid off well for him. I won't won't deny that. But he was also in a different time where you didn't have the ability to Zencast and Zoom and, and do teleconferences and FaceTime and these things that you can still stay connected at scale and not have to travel to your customer and still bring in business from Georgia or wherever, you know, out there and not have to compromise leaving your family. And so I will always sacrifice my family first. I can tell you that guys, um, as especially as a dad now of a daughter, um, hopefully I have a boy next. Uh, but, but either way, if it's another girl, the point will be is that I'm all in on dad, uh, all in on investing, all in on sports cards, all in on my business, real-time outsource with the, with the social media, because we keep on working hard, uh, helping customers, even though some of them are, are maybe losing it all. Um, and, and, and sad to see, but, but truthfully we're helping them as much as we can during these times. And I created a business of customer service guys. My business is truly based on, like you said, in the beginning, it is based on me, my energy, my passion. I try to transfer that to the team. Sometimes it scales, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but most importantly, I think it's going to be a life continued of, of exploration, man. I, I, I see many travels. Hopefully in the future, we can get back on planes. I wanted to, we had a trip planned to go to Paris this week. Uh, literally, uh, plan, we're planning it. You know, it wasn't going to necessarily happen this week, but we were looking at the first couple of weeks of October and, uh, you know, getting back on a plane and traveling and just enjoying life, you know, experiencing a concert again, uh, taking in a sports co- game again, um, these are things that I think we're all going to be grateful for, you know? So, but definitely guys all in on, on a dad life, Papa life. Let's go. I love it. I love it. This is awesome, man. Thank you so much for what we're about at the 35 minute mark. And this is where we kind of start wrapping things up. I want to thank bro. you for bringing so much energy and just amazing insights to the podcast. Just so much great, you know, conversation instead of it being so more interview based, just constant conversation. You make everything so personal. Um, I'm excited to, listen to your podcast a little bit more and follow your journey. And in terms of that, how can our listeners follow you on uh, social media on other things as well? 
Absolutely. I would love it, guys. Hey, you guys can follow me at Two Tallin, two T A L L I N. If you guys want to go down that path, it's a hip hop journey that I had many, many moons ago, but I've stuck with the name Travis Two Tallin Huff. If you look up Travis H U F F on LinkedIn or any of the more platform, uh, you know, professional platforms. But if you look up Two Tallin, I'm on Instagram, fa- uh, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you, you find uh, the platform, you type it in, I'll be there. And if you want to check out my music, go check it out too. Uh, but yeah, man, I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you for for what you guys are doing for this this world that we live in, uh, and that you guys don't have to be doing this, and you guys do, uh, and that's what makes the difference. At the end of your day, at the end of everyone else's day, is that you're giving more than than trying to take, uh, and I think that that really goes off well, man, and and, and in the driver's seat, baby, because podcasts are are the future, baby. Let's go, man. The future. I'm so I'm so excited, man. You got you got me fired up today, Sarah Travis. Dude, we're thank editing so like much. on Zencast. I can't even believe it. It's like I'm seeing the, the audio files live. I'm like, oh my god, this is insane. <laughs> this is so cool. All right, awesome, man. Thank you so much, and we are so excited to continue to follow your journey. Everyone, follow Travis on everything that he's doing. I'm sure he'll respond to you guys on social media. Very responsive guy. We'll uh we'll chat soon, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys, man. Let's go get that burrow graded. <laughs> tuning in to the learn lead podcast where you get to own your life stay tuned for our future guests coming soon make sure to like and subscribe